are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, welcome again to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me, and I'm your host, Tony Dow. And as with every episode, we start off this one saying that the intended audience for this episode is everyone. And today's episode, we have our third time returning guest, Dr. Dalton Fabian, on the show. So how are you doing today, Dalton? I'm doing well, Tony. How are you doing? I'm doing well as well. So, you know, it's really cool that we're getting to talk to you again. And actually, today is pretty cool because, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit more about focused on data science and COVID pandemic. So, uh, you know, before we get into all that, can you kind of just give a brief summary about yourself in case some of the listeners have not heard of you yet? Yeah, definitely. So I am a Drake University grad. I graduated in 2018. And after graduation, I worked for a digital health company here um, in Des Moines, Iowa. I live in, uh, went to school obviously here in Des Moines and also stayed after graduation. Um, And so I worked for that digital health company here and then transitioned into a role um, at Unity Point Health, which is where I currently work. So I am a data scientist. I've been working here for the past two and a half years. It's actually the last time I was on. Um, I had the job title of data science analyst. And uh, recently, back in the fall, I was promoted to data scientist. Um, and on our data science science team, we do really what I call like the full stack of data science. So we start at a project from the very beginning and work until the very end. So we are helping our um, end users like define a business problem that they want to solve, interviewing our users, doing the data gathering, machine learning, building a tool, and then piloting these tools and rolling them out to um, the bigger groups of users. Awesome. So, you know, like you you said, it's like full stack. So does that mean like you also have to know some project management skills as well? Yes, lots of project management skills. Jira is a lifesaver. That's the tool that we use um, for our project management stuff. I see. So, so your skills for project management, and you know, I, I always ask about this when I hear people do project management. Is that something that you kind of like was able to learn on your own? Or was there like a formal training that you went through? Or it was kind of like, you know, on the job training? Uh, I would say is probably, I guess it's kind of on the job training. I mean, as I feel like as pharmacists, a lot of us are probably like to do list people and that sort of thing. Um, so it kind of comes naturally to do that also, also at work and kind of when I put items in JIRA, be very specific about what the task is and the steps that make up the tasks. So I feel like it's probably just kind of natural uh, for many of us as pharmacists to have that type of um, skill set. And, you know, we're trained to be good communicators in pharmacy school and that's a that's a huge part of the project management process is make, keeping everybody up to date, making sure everybody knows what's going on, and that any assumptions that you're making are actually true when you're thinking about completing a task. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, we do have to know a lot of different skill sets uh, as pharmacists. And, uh, you know, just going back onto the main topic of data science, actually, uh, for, for a brief overview, I guess, can you kind of describe to the listeners what data science is? Yeah, data science, how we think about kind of the main point of our projects, we are taking data that our health system generates. And so our health system has about 20 hospitals and a bunch of like community affiliate hospitals and more than 400 clinics. And so we have a ton of data that our health system collects 
across three states. So most of our facilities are in Iowa, but we have facilities in Illinois and Wisconsin. And so we take all of that data that's collected, appointments, labs, diagnoses, medications, and try to predict the likelihood that something is going to happen to a patient in the future and provide that information to a clinician. So for one of our projects, we have a care management program at Unity Point that enrolls patients in an ACO, an accountable care organization, into the program with the goal to um, decrease the number of ED visits and inpatient stays that those patients have. And so as part of our this prediction work, we try to predict for all the patients in our health system how likely they are to have an ED visit or an inpatient stay in the next 12 months. And so we give them, we do that prediction and give them uh, what we call the risk stratification score. And then we feed that information. We feed those highest risk patients to our care managers in the clinic, and they can enroll those patients into a care management service and you know keep in contact with them more frequently than they would perhaps see their PCP. They might see their PCP once or twice a year, whereas a care manager can contact them uh, daily, weekly, you know, monthly, quarterly, kind of however often the patient needs it. But we try to take all of that data and do those predictions and serve those up to clinicians so that they can provide patients um, better services and keep those patients healthy. You know, when you get all that data into like one spot and you're like doing that analysis, I guess like how how do you kind of figure out uh, the patterns and the algorithms for that data? Like, do you have like some kind of like process, or is it more of like certain models you kind of try uh, with the data sets? Sure. So at, at this point in the data science program or whatever you'd call it at Unity Point, we have, you know, we put a lot, a decent number of models into production. So we have readmission risk percentage pred- predictions, this um, inpatient visit in ED1, we have appointment no-shows uh, predictions. And so We kind of know all of the data that we want to get at first, but if we're starting a new project that maybe we have in a part of the organization we haven't done a project in before, we will do some literature review to see what other places have done, um, both in what data they've collected about the patient, like did they use labs and medications or they didn't use medications at all. And then in that literature review, There will also be the people who write the paper will also mention what types of machine learning algorithms that they've used. Um, We kind of at this point have a, you know, a few that we um, stick to mostly that work well um, on the type of data that we have. But if, you know, if we're just starting a new project, we will do a lot of that literature review, which was um, that wasn't something that I was necessarily um, thinking that I would use after I got this data science role, you know, a skill that I learned in pharmacy school when we had like our literature review type class. Um, I definitely didn't think I'd be using um, that skill in my data science job, but here we are. Yeah, you know, like in pharmacy school, they teach us a lot of different skills. And I I gotta be honest, like some of the classes I was like, am I really gonna use this? But it's more like (laughs) for us, you know, just to get prepared to in case we do. And I guess for you, like that's what uh, helped you with your kind of like the day-to-day right now, right? Yeah, there. Honestly, I think there's there's a lot of. I think people would be surprised. There's a lot of the like major important skills that I do at work that come from, or like I feel like I have gotten much better at them from pharmacy school. 
So obviously literature review, having had that experience in pharmacy school, that has helped when we've done literature review for a project. But then also, um, I don't know about what your experience was in pharmacy school, but we had, you know, professional lab series type um, class. And we were, you know, practicing our patient counseling and communication pretty much every single week. And so that has become a strong point when I'm working with our clinicians. I kind of have the, I have the, I have rapport with them because they, most of them know that I'm a pharmacist and have a, have a clinical background, but we practice that so much in pharmacy school that it's become like second nature to have better communication skills with those clinicians. And then there's this also when you're working in healthcare, especially like healthcare data science, there's so much context that you need when you're looking for data. Like let's say you're doing a literature review and you find out that in this risk prediction, they're using A1Cs as a prediction to who's going to go to the ED. And like extra context that I have when I'm looking through the lab table at Unity Point is I know the difference if I see lab descriptions that say hemoglobin and hemoglobin A1C, I know the context and I know that those things are different, which if you're a non-clinician working in healthcare data science, that might be a mistake you make once or twice on things like that when you aren't able to like comprehend what exactly those two things are and that they're different because you know there's some, it seems like there's some overlap between them. But I've noticed that like that's another kind of healthcare education related skill that I apply pretty frequently um, in my job. You know, it's funny. I was going to ask you to uh, explain why a pharmacist is very important. Uh, is a is an important <laughs> role uh, or skill, like all the skills that we've learned in data science, and you kind of already answered that. Um, so, so I mean, I, I do want to ask you though, like because uh, well, before we get into the COVID nineteen pandemic stuff, I do want to ask you about your transition from data science analyst and into data scientist. So the last time we talked, you were doing a lot of data science analyst roles and duties. So now that you've uh, been transitioned to the data scientist role, I guess, what's the difference? And uh, how did you kind of prepare yourself for that? Yeah. Um, so I would say, and I think this is personally, I think this is a strength of our principal data scientist, Ben, who leads our team. He gives no matter kind of what position you're in on the team. So we have four different positions. So there's, you know, data science analyst, which I was before has now been renamed analytics associate. Um, and then there is my position data scientist, then there's a senior data scientist, and a principal data scientist. So there's all these different roles, but he really gives each person on the team um, has a ton of autonomy. And so I mean, the, the thing that I've noticed differently, like I will take leads on projects more than I did before, you know, than when I just started out, um, I would be part of a project, but I wouldn't be the main communicator with a business partner. Um, but as I've progressed um, at the organization and also got promoted to data scientist, I am now um, for that care management process. Um, I'm the main communication point between our team and the executive director and directors of care management. So I would say that's kind of how um, it's changed. But I think, yeah, really, like Ben does a good job of making sure that we all have kind of like stretch assignments because we we needed, you know, this was three months into my position, like the data science analyst position. Um, we needed a system that could match patients, uh, match a patient's epic record to their claims record because there is no like national patient identifier. And so I was working on that project to develop a system where we could match patients 
their Epic records to their claims record. And that was only a few months in. So I think at our organization, there's you have good opportunities to work on important projects, no matter you know, like what position you're in. But, you know, some of those leading project type things might be a little bit different as you go through the different rungs on that like data science team ladder. I see. I see. So, you know, just going into now, like this past few years of COVID-19 and, you know, you've been at Unity Point for quite a while. Um, How have you seen kind of like your project scope change over the time because of like COVID pandemic, like demands and needs? It's interesting. It's definitely it's definitely fluctuated in the past two years. So I would say those first, especially six months, you know, I was focusing exclusively on pandemic related projects. And mostly at that time, you know, the first six months of the pandemic, a lot of um, effort was being put into tracking PPE um, because people were worried about not having enough. And so we did. We did some work with our supply chain team. Um, they they primarily use a lot of they use Excel a lot and have data kind of in that format. But what we were helping them with is to automate some of that using a supply chain database that we have. So we would write some code to automate some of that process for them, like figure out how many supplies that we had left so they didn't have to write like crazy formulas in Excel um, and how how long those supplies would last. I think kind of an interesting idea here is normally when I think of data science, like machine learning is intertwined in that data science concept um, when I think of it, but this was actually kind of an interesting use case of data science is always not machine learning. We you know, to figure out how long these supplies would last, we could have theoretically developed a machine learning algorithm to say, oh, based on like how often we're using it and the fluctuation day to day, week to week, what do we predict the PPE supplies are going to be in the next 10 days? But really, the the end users, the supply chain team didn't really need that um, that technical of a solution. All they really needed is how many of these supplies have we been using on average in the past seven days or the past 10 days? And then using that rate at how many we're using per day, like how long will our supplies last? You don't always have to go to the super complicated machine learning algorithms like the AI. Sometimes it's just, you know, basic data analytics type skills. You know, that brings up an interesting question then. So, um, and, and, you know, it's good that you kind of highlighted that. I do want to ask this uh, next one where, you know, everyone's talking about machine learning. Everyone's talking about AI and healthcare. And how do you determine, right? Like, how do you determine when it's actually appropriate to apply more advanced things like machine learning AI versus like, you know, what you just uh, stated here? When is it better? Or what you what do you do to determine that it's better to not go that route and use like the more basic algorithms? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think a lot of it comes from talking with the person um, that you're working with on the project. So I would say it also kind of depends on the complexity of the data that you're trying to process. So in these situations is supply chain information like we knew the stock on hand and how many were how many you know gloves were going out each day and it's kind of like one data point per day this is stock on hand and maybe well a couple extra data points for how many were going out how many we were receiving and so that made sense and it was kind of a time crunch thing too we knew we couldn't do a crazy machine learning algorithm 
um, without spending, you know, days and days and days on it. And they needed the information, you know, like the next day. So that's, that's one thing. But when we get to like predicting, uh, when we worked with the care management program and predicting ED visits and inpatient visits, that's kind of like a hallmark example of a good use case for machine learning, because we can take into account or machine learning can take into account the patient's lab values, diagnoses, medications, kind of all in one system, where before in the supply chain example, you're working with like two or three data points, but with um, trying to predict someone's ED, the likelihood that they're going to use the ED, you need, you know, maybe 50, 100 data points. And that's that's kind of where uh, machine learning comes in handy is when you need a lot of those types of features or characteristics about a patient. I see. So so then during the, the pandemic, right, did you see, I guess, did you see more of the, the basic kind of data science side or did you see more of like applications of machine learning? I would say probably more on the on the side of the basic kind of data analytics skills, I think came came more in handy. A good example recently is um, with the new with the new variant. You know, Unity Point. When people come into the hospital, they are testing patients for COVID. And before the patients who were testing positive were the patients who were coming in because of COVID. Like they had a COVID infection that was like the primary reason that they were coming into the hospital. But what we found more recently is that a higher percentage of the patients are testing positive. So previously, we figured, you know, when a patient tests positive and they're coming for COVID, we we have an idea of how many or what percentage of those patients could need the ICU. Well, now we're seeing, you know, more COVID patients, but we're seeing more COVID patients. We're seeing more patients test positive for COVID, but that's not the primary reason they're coming. They're coming for something else. So that like that percentage that might need the the ICU, it's not it's not the same anymore. And so we need to interpret the data a little bit differently there. And so a cool thing that Ben showed us the other week was instead of looking at just all COVID positive tests, we should look at like what was our census based on who is coming here be because of COVID or who just incidentally tested positive for COVID and he's here for other examples. Because if you looked at everybody, you know, the rates just looked like it was skyrocketing. But when you look at people who are here because they're sick from COVID, it had like at some point it had plateaued and wasn't going super high. So you could say, okay, this is really the group that we need to see how many of them might need the ICU and kind of plan ahead but just some of those data, like basic data analytics skills of separating out some of those different groups was primarily the, you know, the skill set needed. Yeah, it, it kind of makes sense, too, because I think like, you know, during a pandemic, it is a lot of like, uh, we need things done in a quicker manner. And I, I don't know this, but I would imagine the machine learning side would be uh, more intense and difficult to do. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it makes sense. It makes sense that, you know, the uh, that side of things is uh, not as used as much. Um, I, I guess, like, also, we did talk about this briefly before we started this recording was about, you know, moving towards a, a cloud based approach of um, having, you know, data uh, there for you. And can you kind of just describe about like that movement as well? Yeah, we're doing some uh, really cool work. And I've kind of been leading um, some of it. So we are currently trying to move some of our data science processes into the cloud. 
Um, so that's a, an exciting development for us. And it really, it allows us to make the data platform that we use as our machine learning platform, kind of, um, it, it lets us be more customized or use some more advanced technologies because we're not um, constrained in the types of um, technologies that we can that we can use. And like personally, it kind of lines up with the direction that I'm interested in going in my career. So I do, um, as part of the data science ecosystem, there's so many new roles coming about. And, you know, so there's data analysts, data scientists. Some of the newer ones are like data engineers and machine learning engineers. And so I've particularly gotten more interested in data engineering type roles and skill sets, which blend very well with like the data scientist type skills. And so this Azure uh, transition, Microsoft Azure transition, it's giving me more opportunities to pursue some of those skill sets while being here at Unity Point. So I'm very excited about how that's going to unfold in the future and kind of give us more control over some of our work and try out some new technologies. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't know if you can talk about this, but so so having experienced a, a kind of like a semi-cloud movement ourselves over where I work, uh, there's been some challenges. And I'm wondering, like, if you can talk about maybe some pain points or challenges that you may be experiencing that you guys are trying to work through and or maybe you already have solutions for. The current analytics platform that we use manages a lot of the resources that you use and databases. It manages that for you. Um, and that is, that's obviously very handy. The Microsoft Azure switch is going to be much more, um, we're going to have to do a lot of that, like managing our compute resources, the actual processing that happens on our data. We're going to be like have more fine grained control over that. So that means a different set of maybe you'd label them like software engineering skills or like another term is like DevOps type skills. So there, it's a little bit more technical than we've in a different context. Like we've been technical as in we write a lot of SQL and R and Python, but we're going to have to do more of like managing uh, virtual machines or working with technologies like Docker and Kubernetes to actually implement APIs to predict our work. Whereas kind of that stuff has been managed for us in the past. Um, we're going to have to take more of that into our team. And that kind of fits under that data engineering skill set that I'm excited to uh, to dig into more as my career progresses. Yeah, that's uh, you just named off a lot of different technical things. So so that's uh, that's really cool that, you know, that's uh, that's something you want to do. And you're getting to do that with the migration yeah. to the, the cloud systems uh, over at Unity Point, you know, and just so we can kind of like talk a little bit about your upcoming talk. You know, you've been sharing a lot about data science on this podcast uh, several times already. And <laughs> you're also now presenting a talk on data science in healthcare, right? Yes. So on on February 8th at noon Eastern, uh, I am doing an ASHP webinar on data science in healthcare. So I'm super excited to do the presentation. I really love sharing. Uh, I love coming on your podcast and I love sharing about um, data science and how pharmacists can get get into data science and like kind of learn more about it. Because I don't think, you know, I never really got this as part of my pharmacy curriculum. Um, and so it's nice to share that information with pharmacists. So in in the presentation, I'm going to be talking about, you know, different 
uh, terms in the data science ecosystem. So, you know, there's, you know, you hear artificial intelligence, data science, machine learning. How are those different? How are they the same? So can we be going over some of that stuff? What the step-by-step data science process looks like. So I'll actually be walking through that uh, care management program work that we did and say, and talking more about like, what did we do at the identify the business problem step? What did we do at the data gathering step? What does that look like? What tools are we using? Um, And then talking more about and showing some of the tools that we have at Unity Point that we have built for our clinicians to use, including the care management tool and heat map and no-show, appointment no-show tool. And then finishing with a section on how pharmacists can get into data science, like what you know, what skills they might want to develop, um, and talking more about what, like we already kind of have today, talking more about what skills transfer from your pharmacy career, pharmacy education to a data science career. Because I feel like sometimes people think that, you know, if you try to make the switch to data science, you'd be starting from scratch. But really, there is a lot of crossover in some of the critical thinking skills and just kind of you know, healthcare ecosystem, like knowing the healthcare ecosystem. Um, a lot of that does transfer over to a data science career. Awesome. So I'm going to be putting a link to that uh, event into the show notes for those of you who are ASHP members that uh, want to register. Also, just wanted to ask you too, if people wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way that they can contact you for questions? Uh, They can probably reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's probably the best place to find me. Okay, cool. So I'll be putting a link to your LinkedIn as well. Uh, But you know, to be respectful of your time, Thank you again for, you know, being on the podcast and sharing again about data science and also sharing about, you know, uh, how data science is important, especially during COVID-19. But yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast again, Dalton. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate what you do for the pharmacy informatics and data science community. Right. If you like our show, please share with your friends, or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, and you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Slack group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-I-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there, and I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy. And remember, technology is a tool, patient care is the goal.